Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Just Saying. I'm your host, Jerris, and I'm here with Shay. And we're really excited to bring this episode to all of you. But first, we want to say thank you for 50 followers on our Facebook page. So that happened about three to four days and was totally unexpected. So we really appreciate your guys' support. Also, don't forget to follow our other socials as well as, as, well as our Spotify page which will be linked in the description below. So, Shay, what are we going to talk about today? All right. Today, on today's episode, we're going to start off with Ahsoka, of course. Brand new episode just came out on Tuesday. Then we're going to dive into sports. Got sports. <laughs> football recap of uh, week three. Football. Baseball news and the final stretch of baseball here. Uh Breaking news from the NBA for our NBA listeners. Yes, we're finally going to talk about the NBA. Slam dunk. <laughs> NASCAR news and playoff implications after the race on Sunday. And NHL news in the start of preseason. Oh, yeah, baby. Hockey is back. <laughs> yes, it is. So, without further ado, Ahsoka. Shay. Dave Filoni does it again, and it starts off with, spoiler alert, all right, C-3PO enters with a cameo summoned by Leia Organa herself. Yes, he does. He rescues, in a way, uh, General Sandula from being court-martialed, and <laughs> whoever that was senator was that was giving her a hard time was just... A complete a-hole. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny to see his reaction after 3PO comes out and pretty much covers for General Sandula, thanks to Leia. Uh, but that was that gave me chills right away, seeing C-3PO. Just could not believe it. Like you said, Dave Filoni does it again. Yep. Also in the episode, Ahsoka Tano and Huyang finally reach... Uh, Finally reach the new Sabine galaxy in the new galaxy and Ezra. Yes, they do. While they're in the uh, Purgle on their way to the new galaxy, Anakin comes back as a hologram training. Ahsoka doing some training. It's the uh, Clone Wars Anakin in his Clone Wars getup. Phenomenal. Love to see it. Love to see it. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, once they get out of hyperspace, though, they're in trouble right away. Thrawn is waiting for them. Imperial minefield everywhere. Everywhere. The Purgles are obviously not happy in a lot of pain. Ahsoka and Huyang escape and get into the debris field of the, you know, dead Purgles, all their bones and stuff. And the space whales ended up leaving them behind. They went right back into hyperspace because why would they deal with that? They said, see ya. They did. And then we got to see Thrawn in his mind. Oh, mm. his mind at work. Yeah, he's he's scary. Yep, he used the Night Sisters to locate Ahsoka Tano in Huey Ain's position and opens fire. Opens fire, drawing Ahsoka and out and and has their ships get back on onto him and chase them around. But then he calls him off. 
because Ahsoka was able to find Sabine and Ezra. Why does he call him off? Because it's all a part of his master plan. It was all part of the plan all on Shay, just to distract them enough for them to make their getaway. Exactly. So, you know, Ahsoka does reconnect with Sabine and Ezra. Not, not after, though, having a little rematch with Balin Skull and them fighting a little bit. She realizes she's not able to necessarily defeat him right then and there. So Hu Yang is able to deploy some flares and she's able to make her little getaway. But there is something going on with that dude. Yeah, it almost seems like Baylar was disappointed or like puzzled. Just very mysterious guy. Yeah, and like he said in the episode before, some some greater power is calling him. And I just want to know what it is already. <laughs> also, Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka Tano fight the uh, clones that were sent. Um, Stormtroopers. Stormtroopers that were sent to uh, deal with them. And uh, Thrawn calls them off as well, recalls them. And like we said, it was all a distraction. He's uh, charging up the core to his Star Destroyer ship, and I'll tell you what, the galaxy is in a lot of trouble. Yeah, their special cargo, we don't officially know what it is yet, but I have a feeling that it's maybe some deceased stormtroopers and, and Night Sisters who are going to be resurrected because of the Night Sisters back in the main galaxy, and if that is able to happen, oh. That galaxy's in trouble. I had the exact same thought when I saw that cargo shay, so I totally agree with you there. And Sabine and company have to get back to that ship because that is their only way back home. Exactly. Their only way. So are they going to pull a little, you know, original trilogy and just like the Millennium Falcon was on the back of the Star Destroyer and that's how they hid from the Empire and all that stuff? Who knows? But... That kind of seems like the only way it can happen unless they just, you know, turn themselves in. Yeah, but we'll see. Season uh, season finale is coming up next week. Cannot wait. Just give the keys of the kingdom to Dave Filoni. That, just give it to him. Let him run Star Wars. Let him be the Kevin Feige of Star Wars. And everything will be perfect, clearly. And I got to say, you know, the work that he's done, just like you said, feels like Star Wars. And just bringing back Hayden Christensen and, and really just exploring like his other side. We, we always know him as the person that turned to the dark side and became Darth Vader. But we really get to see like his, his kind of sensitivity and, and teaching nature that made him uh, such a great master to Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, this was a nice... The last two episodes have been nice deep cuts to the Clone Wars and Rebels, both Dave Filoni, you know, cartoons and TV shows. Um, so to see Hayden Christensen come back and do that little teaching moment with Ahsoka, as he would in the TV show Star Wars: The Clone Wars, you know, to, the the voice actor was not Hayden Christensen. Um, it was really cool to see him be able to do that, and like you said. We saw a different side of Anakin, and it was it was really nice to see. Yeah. All right, with that being said, we move on to football. Football! 
So first up in the football news world, NFL Network insiders Ian Rappaport and Tom Pulisero reported that Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs suffered season-ending injury with a torn ACL in practice last Thursday. Uh, yes, real quick. I'm still battling a cold, so forgive my sniffles and all that. I am on medicine now, so hopefully by the next episode, I won't be sound like this and have the sniffles anymore. It's all right. You can just complain in the comments down below. <laughs> uh, but yes, Trayvon Diggs, done for the season. Their best corner for sure. Um, I I don't know if how bad that'll affect the defense as a whole. Obviously, their secondary is going to be a little exposed now, a little weaker. Will teams take advantage of that? I'm sure how effective it will be. I don't know because they still have a fantastic defensive front led by Micah Parsons. So it's a definitely a big blow. Even though I'm an Eagles fan and I hate the Cowboys. We I, all hate the Cowboys. <laughs> I still want Trayvon Diggs to have a nice speedy recovery and be healthy. You know, injuries happen, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's going to be a big blow, but how big has yet to be determined. Yeah, Shay, and I'll tell you what. The Cowboys defense was definitely exposed in their loss to the Cardinals 28-16. to Yes, they were. The Cardinals got the big upset over the Cowboys. Made me very, very happy as an Eagles fan. Uh, so it was great to see. Great to see Joshua Dobbs have a great, great game. And the Cowboys fall. It was just, you know, when the Cowboys lose, it's always a good weekend. Yeah, Joshua Dobbs was definitely a highlight for a Cardinals team that obviously does not have very high expectations. He had 17 out of 21 completions. 189 yards and one touchdown. Yep, so very good game. Very yeah, very good game, very solid. Moving on, ESPN's Adam Schefter reports Nick Chubb's injury that he suffered last week uh, against the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, against the Steelers may not actually be career-ending. He only tore his MCL. He is likely to get surgery this week, and his doctors and medical staff and all that are optimistic that there won't be more damage found during the surgery. So he should be able to come back next season. That's very good news. Um, like we said last week, if you have not watched that clip, um, your knee is going to be hurting after that. We really thought that he blew out his entire knee. Yeah. And we're very scared that he was going to be done for the rest of his career which would not be a good thing for the football world as a whole because he was a, he's a phenomenal player, a phenomenal running back. So thankfully, it looks like it's going to be okay. Obviously still injured and stuff, which sucks, but hope looks like it's not going to be career-ending. Also in football news, um, New Orleans Saints star safety Marcus May is suspended the next three games without pay for violating the NFL's policy on substance and abuse. Yes, this uh, dates back to his DUI from 2020 or 2021, right? Yeah, 2021. Um, right, so hopefully this, I would assume, means he may be back into drinking or something like that. Hopefully during these next three weeks that he's not playing, he's able to get the help he needs if this is what it is, obviously and is able to come out bigger, better, stronger, faster than before. Yeah, I really do think, Shay, as sports fans, we tend to forget that 
you know, at the end of the day, these are all human beings. And whether it's a season ending injury or uh, dealing with substance abuse or mental issues, you really just wish for the best for them. You know, no matter if you're a fan of that team or not, you know, just wish them all happiness and healthiness, really. Yeah, absolutely. A great example, Simone Biles at the Olympics, the last Summer Olympics, you know, stepping out, saying, I'm, I'm not in the right mental state to do this. And she caught a lot of flack for it. But at the same time, she got a lot of support. And I, 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 I think she was brave for doing that. Oh, very. Yeah, very. So always, always wish everyone the best. All right. So getting into the football recap. Thursday night football, the 49ers defense still dominant in 30-12 to win over the Giants. Shay, the Giants really didn't have that much of a chance. No, I'm afraid not. They were on a short week from Sunday to Thursday, so obviously everything is simplified and stuff, but that Niners defense is just is the best in the league right now for sure. So they really didn't stand much of a chance. Um, maybe they can – you know, right the ship moving forward because they had a nice long week and a half ish to recover moving in next weekend. But yeah, that no chance for the Giants. <laughs> Not at all. And the 49ers, along with the Philadelphia Eagles and Miami Dolphins, are the only three undefeated teams remaining. That's right. 3 0, baby. All right. With Thursday night football wrapped up, we get into the big one. The Miami Dolphins, what a performance. Put on a clinic. 70-20 to 20 victory over the Broncos. This is the first time since 1966 a team has scored 69 or more points and is tied for third all-time for most points in an NFL game. Yeah, they... <laughs> Woo! That Broncos team did not look good, and that Dolphins team looked so good. <laughs> and... Even after they were up 56, they put in their backups. Put in their backups and still got up to 70. Like, wh- what? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I watched that game. I was uh, screaming bloody murder for the Broncos, and it was an absolute slaughter fest. Mike McDaniels, former Denver Broncos ball boy, and was in the running for a head coaching position, and the Broncos didn't even get him an interview. Nope, that was a little little bit of revenge there. Uh, so I'm sure that felt pretty sweet for for him, obviously for the whole team, you know, a historic game. So that, that was pretty crazy to watch. Over 700 yards of offense, just ridiculous. Yeah, absolute offensive clinic. Um, Tua right now, at this moment through three weeks, is the best quarterback in the NFL. Yep. Without be- a doubt. Yeah, the best so far, yeah. He had a near-perfect game with 23 out of 26 completions, 309 total yards, and four touchdowns. Yep. Also from the Dolphins team, running back Raheem Mostert had three touchdowns, and the rookie, Devon Chain, with 203 yards and two touchdowns. So They just kept scoring. They, they could not be stopped. Um, they didn't just want blood. They wanted the whole village. Yep. So... All right, moving on. Um, the Bills have a convincing 37-3 victory over the Commanders. The Commanders quarterback, Sam Howell, gets picked off four times. So pretty rough go of it there. Yep, unfortunate for him and Commanders fans and the team. 
Uh, again, as an Eagles fan, seeing everybody else in the division lose over the weekend is awesome. Love to see it. Uh, you know, we know someone up in Buffalo that's very happy about that. Oh, yeah. But who do they play next week, Jerris? They play the Commanders. No, the Bills. Who the Bills play next Oh, week? they play the uh, Dolphins. The Dolphins. So I would be a little worried about the Dolphins next week. And he says he's not worried, but I would be. Yeah, uh, I would be too. But Bills are back to being the Bills, I think. So I think any worries after that first week against the Jets should be gone. They're they're looking great. Next, we got the Packers coming back after being down 17 to nothing against the Saints. Win the game 18 to 17. 17 unanswered points. In the fourth quarter alone. Crazy. Crazy. Good for Jordan Love. First start at Lambeau Field. Good for the Packers organization. Moving on, obviously, after Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, yeah, just a, just a good all-around victory. All right. And now we have a thriller of a game. If you didn't watch this one, you definitely missed out. The Chargers win 28-24 to over the Vikings to secure their first win of the season. First win, they needed it so bad. I mean, both teams needed it so bad, but the Chargers were able to beat them out. Crazy, crazy, crazy finish. The Vikings trying to take the lead, their last chance, really. And double deflection interception off of Kirk Cousins to seal the deal and let the Chargers take that victory. Just a great game to watch back and forth all game, like he said. So good good win for the Chargers. They needed it real bad. And now the Vikings, they're 0-3. Um, it's not looking good for Minnesota. Yeah, I I will say last season, I thought they were frauds the entire way through. So <laughs> Yeah, they uh, might be exposing themselves this season. So and that Kirk Cousins interception came after the Chargers turned it over on a fourth and one, failed to convert on their own 24-yard line. Yeah, so it was very unfortunate for Kirk Cousins because he's putting up great numbers too to start out the year, but just wasn't enough. Oh, it was not. All right, also from Sunday, Indy narrowly beats the Ravens 22-19 to in overtime. So that was a good game. Um, the Jaguars, though, their continued offensive struggles with a humiliating loss to the Texans, 37-17. to It wasn't very close. Wasn't close. The Jags definitely have some problems up there in Jacksonville. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to be able to fix it. Uh, Doug Peterson, former Eagles coach, Super Bowl winning coach. I'm sure he'll be able to work his magic and, and all that stuff. But, you know, as a Jags fan, for you... <laughs> I would be worried. <laughs> I'm definitely concerned, especially with uh, the very high predictions that I saw. I saw one that they said the Jags were going to go 13 and four. Well, they're one and two. Yeah. So, I mean, better than 0 and three, I guess, but it's, it's just not looking good for, at all. No, but I hope uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags can pull it together. I was there when Lawrence got drafted after those miserable seasons that we had. So I'm uh, rooting for him and I hope he uh, is able to 
continuous development into the, you know, the first overall pick status that he was envisioned to be. So. Yeah, I hope so too. He, he is a good guy. He is a good quarterback and has the chance to be great. So hopefully they're able to turn it around and right the ship. All right, moving on to Monday night football, the Philadelphia Eagles in Tampa win 25 to 11 over the Bucks. But coming from Jalen Hurts himself, the offense is still not fully clicking on all cylinders, which is very bad news to the rest of the league. Yes, it is. As your in-house Eagles fan here, if we're able to win these first three games without our offense being like it was last year, oh, if if they do start clicking, you know, either next week or in the next couple weeks, Everybody better watch out because this, like, it, our offense was better this past Monday. Jalen Hurts was better. Yeah, he had two picks. The one was an incredible catch. The second pick, which everything's going the Eagles' way right now anyway because that second interception landed on the one-yard line, and then we got a safety. So we got two points from his interception anyway. So if our offense starts clicking, yeah, the rest of the league better watch out. Yeah. Also Monday night, the Bengals hang on to win a desperate game over the Rams 19-16. to But I got to say, Shay, as a Bengals fan, I'm still not convinced. Yeah, I mean, they, they're not 0-3. Uh, team, only four teams in the NFL's history that started 0-3 and ever made the playoffs. So it was, they definitely didn't want to be in that statistic. So at least they're not 0-3. Joe Burrow, he did look better than he did the previous two weeks. You know, he threw the ball 50 times. So obviously the calf wasn't that big of a concern, but it is going to be a lingering injury, a lingering issue. So, you know, is it is it going to affect him moving forward? You know, we got to wait and see. Um, but yeah, I mean, they still got the win though. So hopefully, hopefully now that there's for Bengals fans there's, and Joe Burrow fans, there's brighter pastures ahead. Yeah, Shay. I'm uh, really hoping they uh, start finding their stride because uh, we, you know, we did start like this last year. We were on two, and then we ended up uh, making the playoffs. But you can only fall behind for so long, and then it starts catching up to you, especially in the NFL when you only have uh, what 17 games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Also in football news, Colin Kaepernick. Sends a letter to the Jets asking that it would be an honor if he was signed. To their practice squad. To their practice squad. Let's let's clear that up. To to be a QB for their practice squad. Um I do find it a little funny that he's writing the letter. It's, it sounds desperate. But you know, let's talk Kaepernick. Yeah, he, it, it's funny. It is. He He's at the point where, like, his age comes into question and all that, so he does sound a little desperate. But, you know, all the controversy aside, my opinion, and this is my opinion, is he should have been given another chance to play in the NFL. He led the 49ers to a Super Bowl, so it's not like he was a bad quarterback. He was a good quarterback. He was very good. So he... he in my opinion, he should have been given another chance, but you know, unfortunately, it hasn't happened. Will the Jets sign him to the practice squad? Who knows? 
you know, they lost Aaron Rodgers, obviously, and Zach Wilson is he's just not it. Sorry, Jess fans. Yeah, nope, not at all. Also from this week, for you Swifty fans, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey apparently are a thing. Apparently a thing. She was at the Chiefs game where they destroyed the Bears because the Bears suck. Sorry, Bears fans. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Uh, I'm glad she... All her fans are now watching football, which is great. That's more people into the sport. Awesome. But honestly, I'm a little upset because... Why are you upset, Shay? <laughs> over the summer... She had a concert in Philly at the Wink, where the Eagles play. She's from there, and she's a self-proclaimed Eagles fan. She said that at her concert, and you know you can date people can date whoever they want to date. Of course, she's dating Travis Kelsey. Great, good for him, good for her. Um, but she's you know rooting for the Chiefs, who we just lost to in the Super Bowl. So. I, I don't know, moving forward, like, if they are actually a thing, which, of course, it all seems like, you know, they are. Uh, if that's going to be if confrontation there, is she going to actually root for the Eagles, but just root for him because that's her man? I don't know, but I'm kind of 50-50 on it. He's just pouring a little bit of salt on the wound. <laughs> just a little, just a little pinch. <laughs> also with that, Travis Kelsey jersey sales go up. 400%. 400%. No surprise there. Crazy. And I saw an ad on Fanatics the other day. It's the Travis Kelsey era jerseys. So That's the power of the Swifties. So whoever gets a Travis Kelsey jersey, number 87, I bet they're all feeling 22. <laughs> so. It's, a, it's, it's oh. a little, you know, it's a little ridiculous, but, you know. Hey, it brings more fans into the game, which already doesn't need more because it's the most popular sport in the country. Hey, good for them. All right, moving on to NASCAR. Over the weekend, William Byron won at Texas Motor Speedway, punching his ticket to the round of eight. Also, bringing Hendrick Motorsports their 300th win as a team. Amazing milestone. Oh, yeah, as my favorite team. Hell yeah. Awesome. So excited. Uh, Kyle Larson did lead a lot of that race, but he crashed out in the last 20 laps. He's, you know, now he's in eighth place right now in the standing. So he's in a little, little trouble. Kyle yeah. Busch also crashed out earlier in the race. So did Ryan Blaney. So they're all in trouble, including Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick, who fall below the cut line right now, heading, heading in to next weekend which is Talladega. Shake and bake, baby. <laughs> That's right, Talladega Nights. It's, uh, you know, that and Daytona, the hardest tracks to win at because it's just pack racing. You move one inch to the right or left in the wrong wrong time, everybody wrecks. So Multi-car pileups, like, whew. every time. They're, they're going almost 200 miles an hour yeah, the so entire time. It's so. uh, going to be a tough race next week for everybody that's below the cut line also yeah william byron won with a daring free wide pass down low to take the lead from bubba wallace on the i think it was the final restart of the race yeah it was heartbreak for bubba wallace 
He even said himself he thinks he choked, but you know, you know, you just get a good launch on the restart, and he he got the slipstream, went down low on the inside, and he just shot right past him. So, you know, very unfortunate for Bo Wallace, but you know, there's there's two races left in the in the round, so you know, hopefully he can uh, come back above that line. Yep, and that was also Willie B's sixth win of the season, which is the most so far this season. Uh, so congrats to him. He moves on. Now he can kind of relax the next two weeks. Of course, still going to try and win because you want to try and win, but he at least moves on in the playoffs. All right. And with that being said, we're going to go ahead and take a short break here. Um, again, thank you all for listening up to this point. And remember to like the podcast, follow our Spotify page, and turn on notifications so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And again, be sure to follow our socials. We have a Facebook page now. We have an Instagram, and that will all be linked in the description below. So we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for sticking around after that brief break. I went to eat. (laughs) We are starting off with breaking news. Breaking news. Out of the NBA. Finally. Finally, some news that we want to talk about from the NBA. Damian Lillard finally gets traded. What? The, uh... You know, one of the great point guards in our game has been for a while over there in Portland. He has chosen to stay in Portland for so long. Has his whole family there. He wanted to keep giving them a chance to, you know, get to the playoffs, obviously make a championship run and win a ring with Portland. But unfortunately, after this last year, it was, it was he said it was just time to move on but Portland will always be his home. <clears throat> but he's going to the Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks do land Damian Lillard in a three-way trade, also including the Phoenix Suns. So Lillard is going to be united with Giannis, and that is going to be a scary combo. I wonder if this is the Bucks' final piece that they need to finally get over the top. Yeah, I mean, ever since their championship a couple years ago, they've been, I mean, they were still good last year, but they had a very early exit from the playoffs. So to maybe this was the final piece. And Dame, Dame time, Dame dollar, whatever you want to call him, uh, (laughs) going there to Milwaukee, maybe he'll finally get his ring that he very much deserves. Um, So to break it down right quick uh Lillard does leave Portland after 11 seasons he made seven all-star teams and all NBA teams and led the franchise to the playoffs eight times wow including a Western Conference Finals appearance in 2018-2019 he ranks first in team history in both points and three-pointer pointers and second in assists Wow. So, you know, he was, you know, he was Portland, basically. Uh, Portland will receive Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, and Tomani Kamara 
Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first round draft pick and unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 2028 and 2030, sources told Wojnarowski of ESPN. The Suns will receive Joseph Nurkic. I apologize if I'm butchering any of these names. Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. Sources also told Wojnarowski. So, Portland, uh, Lillard finally gets the trade he asked Portland for. It's been months in the making ever since the offseason. Uh, but I'm happy for him. He goes to a legit contender in the Milwaukee Bucks. Gets paired with Giannis, who's one of the best players in the game. So, I think it's going to be pretty successful. It's They're going to be a really tough team to, to go up against the, this NBA season. Yeah, Shay, I'm uh, really excited to get into basketball this season. Um, I've never really been in it, so um, this is definitely all news for me. And I'm I'm very excited, looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, that's going to conclude the NBA. We're going to switch it over to the NHL. All right. Um, before we get into the NHL news, um, we do have some uh, very sad news coming out of the sports world. Um, we wanted to pay remembrance to some of these players and staff. Um, out of the MLB, Major League Baseball mourns the loss of Hall of Famer Brooks Robinson. Robinson was an 18-time All-Star, 16-time Gold Glove Award winner, and helped lead the Baltimore Orioles to two World Series championships. He was the 1964 American League MVP and the 1970 World Series MVP. So... Uh, arts go out to the friends and family of Brooks Robinson. Yes. Also, um, sad news out of the hockey world. Uh, former 36 overall pick from the Anaheim Ducks, Nick Kurdals, has passed away at the age of 29. Um, he was involved in a motorcycle accident in Nashville. Um, apparently, he had ran a stop sign. Uh, the driver that struck him did stick around and call emergency services. Um, at this time, no alcohol or anything was involved. So, uh, we do mourn the loss of Nick Curdles. Absolutely. And for the Boston Bruins, unfortunate news today. Um, the Boston Bruins making a statement about Jim Montgomery. Um, his mother had passed away, um, Dorothy, and he will travel to Montreal for funeral services this week and will return to team activities Sunday, October 1st. So uh, wishing him and his family um, prayers in, in the morning of his mother. And I hope he's uh, good to go for the start of the season. Yes, absolutely. So thank you all for listening to that and paying remembrance to uh, those people. All right. With that being said, um, we have some NHL news. Hockey is back. Hockey's back. NHL preseason kicks off, um, but before we get to that, we have an update on the Steven Stamkos discussion, Ooh. and I'll tell you what, Shay, when I read this, um, I was pretty surprised. No way. So, Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet on his 32 Thoughts podcast reports that... That? If I can find it. <laughs> Um, he quotes, there is this underlying belief around them 
like the Tampa players, um, that Tampa wouldn't be crushed if Stamkos leaves. What? So that is uh, a little concerning. You know, I've always said there's no way Stamkos leaves Tampa. He's going to play his entire career. But, you know, as I got into it, you know, we really haven't treated our captains that great. Uh, Mar- Marty St. Louis uh, got traded by Iserman in uh, 2013, uh, 2014 to the Rangers. So he didn't finish his entire career as a bolt. And our former captain, Vinny Lee Cavillier, got uh, bought out of his contract. Now, granted, that kind of had to happen because we were in some cap trouble at the time and they had a discussion with them about the whole thing. Um, but Steven Stamkos, like I said, face of the Lightning franchise, it really comes as a surprise, especially since he's still a point-per-game player. Yeah, he face of the franchise last 15 years, like we said last episode. <sighs> this is pretty shocking. I, I do, I mean, maybe, you know, upper management wouldn't be that, you know, uh, disheartened by Stamkos leaving, but I'm sure the city... And the fans would be very upset. Um, that's that's just pretty pretty shocking that it seems that the feelings around the whole situation, at least in the building, are like, yeah, I mean, if he goes, he goes. I'm like, yeah, oh well. Yeah, it is what it is. Like, so, what? <laughs> yeah, what? Um, I don't understand how um, you can be okay with treating your captain like that. Um, mm, yeah. But I am going to play a little devil's advocate here. Um we all know Tampa Bay, they've been in contention for years now. And I mean, they, they're they always in cap trouble. So, and right now, Stamkos makes, I think it's 8.785 million um, until he's an unrestricted free agent this summer. So, you know, and really in reality, if Breezeball wants to keep this team in contention, he's going to have to start making some really tough decisions. Yeah, for sure. But again, like we said last week, to not even come to the negotiating table for Steven Samkos. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, it's very, very shocking uh, for sure. So we'll see what happens. But right now, um, like I said, I said Stamkos would not leave Tampa. But the way he's being treated right now, I, I can't help but be a little bit concerned. You think this is going to have an impact on his uh, performance this year? Um. It very well could. Um, also, he is uh, reaching the wrong side of 30. He's going to be 34 this year. So there is a chance, you know, his production drops off. But, you know, his his leadership is really next to none. Yeah, you know, for so sure. Even what? if he's not producing, you know, he, he brings a lot to the table. Oh, yeah, his leadership and expertise. What if he does have another, you know, what if he does have the potential to have a career year? or close to a career year. And then since it seems like nobody went to the table to negotiate a deal with him, if he just says, screw it, I'll be a free agent and see who else wants me. And then he leaves like that's a possibility too. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, that'll definitely be something. We all know how close he was to leaving in 2016. Yep. All right, out of the hockey world as well, uh, Montreal Canadiens' Paul Byron retires. So congratulations on a great career for Byron of the Canadiens. Also, 
Uh, Nathan McKinnon's number 22 gets sent to the rafters in Halifax. He played for the Halifax Mooseheads of the QMJHL and I believe uh, led them to a Memorial Championship. Very nice. So, very nice. Congratulations. Um, let's see. Also, there is a equipment controversy, and it's for none other than Andre Vasileski. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, a couple years ago was the pads. Now he has black skate holders when they're normally white. And a lot of people are fussing over that because they believe that it's going to make it harder to detect the puck crossing the goal line during video review. Unless that actually happens in a game, I don't think it's an issue at all. Yeah, I mean, it's not against the rules. I mean, people are calling it cheating or whatnot, but, you know, just like with uh, Kucherov coming back for the 2021 run off of LTIR, that it's not against the rules. Yeah. So really can't say much of anything. No. Also, um, ECHL's Kalamazoo Wings signed the first female goalie, Mariah Fujimagari. Yeah. Sorry if I butchered that. But yeah, she is the first female goalie of the ECHL, so very, very nice. Congratulations on that. And with all the NHL news out of the way, we get to the preseason. Preseason. Starting off with the NHL Global Series goes down under for the very first time. So awesome. In Melbourne, Australia. So awesome. So those were good games. Uh, the Coyotes and the Kings were the ones that played those games. Uh, they split the two games. So um, Coyotes' young stars, Matias Michelli and Logan Cooley, impress early. Uh, Logan Cooley had a very, very nice deke in close and uh, puts it above the shoulder of Copley. Ooh. So he was a uh, third overall pick um, this past draft. Not this past draft, but the last draft. Um, so, so yeah, very nice. And also for the Keens, Adrian Kempe, if you're – Still of the mind that he is one of the best goal scorers on the team. Well, he had three goals in those two games. Very nice. So he's going to continue to impress there. Um, also out of the preseason, wanted to highlight a few games here. Um, the Wild versus Abs game. They Wild win 4-3. to three. And... Uh, Minnesota's Sammy Walker with two goals and one assist in that victory. And Wallstead, who is supposed to be the next guy for Minnesota in the net, has a great performance, saving 40 out of 43 shots. Mm. And also on the Avalanche, uh, Yoel Kiviranta with a goal on a professional tryout. And interesting enough, this is the same Kiviranta that had a hat trick and series winner against the Avs in 2020. Oh, wow. Round two. Mm. So, so hope he gets the job there. Um, my team did lose. Shay cheers. <laughs> even though it's even though it's just preseason, it's just preseason. It really doesn't matter. No, but I was just very excited to watch. Uh, finally watched that game. Um, and ho- like I said, hockey is back, and that just means that the NHL regular season is that much closer. That's right. So yeah, we did lose that game two to five, but. Um, I thought our second round pick from this past draft, Ethan Gauthier, played very well. Um, Janelle as well, even though 
we kind of questioned his contract and the trade. Um, I thought he was pretty prominent. And for Carolina, Tony D'Angelo has a goal and assist. And Kiefer Bellows, former pick for the New York Islanders, is very prominent in their win. He had a goal as well. And for our friend in Buffalo, the Buffalo Sabres win 4-1 to over the Bruins. Devon Levi saves all 19 shots faced. And over his last two games, Zach Benson, their first-round pick from this year, had a goal and assist. And uh, also one of their prospects, Brendan Bureau, with the goal as well. It's just preseason. So, very nice. <laughs> we had a conversation about that yesterday. <laughs> and also, out of Detroit, the new arrivals and the young stars impressed very early. And I got some stats on that. Where are they? I'm trying to find them. Uh, okay. So Alex DeBrinkett has two assists, uh, as well as Shane Gostaspear. Um, Nate Danielson, their first uh, first round pick from this year, has a goal, along with their prospects, Simon Evison with an assist and Jonathan Bergen with an assist. So very nice. Mm-hmm. Also, the uh, Devils, as well as the Senators' offense, very, very potent. Um, their defenseman, Jacob Chikrin, had two goals, including the overtime winner in that game against the Maple Leafs, so very nice. Also, their uh, goalie, Anton Forsberg, played very nice. That was his first NHL action since February 11th. Oh, wow. And he saved 36 out of 38 shots for a 947 save percentage. Nice. Very nice. So very nice there. But I think the big game out of the preseason and the most laughable so far was the Calgary Flames destroying the Vancouver Canucks 10 to 0. Woo! Yikes. So even though it's preseason, I love to see it. <laughs> and uh, Flames rookie Michael Coronado with a hat trick in that game as well as an assist for four points. So very nice. And I think that wraps it up. Also, I will mention the Bruins. The Bruins shut out the Rangers in one of their preseason games, three to zero. So, so, so of you, Shay. Listen, preseason, preseason is important. I'm not saying it's not important. It is important, but the wins and losses to me, I don't care about. I only care about the wins and losses in the regular season. Preseason to me is just about evaluating the team you have at that moment. Obviously, who will unfortunately get cut, who may not get cut, all that kind of stuff. So it is important. But for wins and losses, they just they don't bug me. They do not bother me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to our friend in Buffalo. But yeah, no, you're right. Um, preseason, all it does is just tell you about the prospects and you know how they're coming along and you know you can throw your veterans in there but usually it's not a very uh, very veteran heavy lineup so really it doesn't mean anything just like any other sport just means that the regular season is that much closer yes then i'll start caring about the wins and losses All right. Um, I did miss this for NHL news, so I apologize. But wow, reporting from Sportsnet. How dare you? 
legendary Canucks goaltender Roberto Luongo will be inducted into the Arena of Honor when they host the Panthers on December 14th. So congratulations. Very well deserved. Very well deserved. And we still have some more time. So we decided to come up with a little something something. A little something something? What? We plan on doing this for every sport, and we might not get through all of it today. So we will continue if we don't in next week. But we had a question. And this goes for all sports awards. Should team or should players on bad teams or underrated players or players who don't play the most prominent role on their team get more consideration for these awards? And today, we're going to start with hockey. Yep. So the questions are for the Hart Memorial Trophy, which in the NHL is awarded to the most valuable player voted on by the league the most valuable player to their team. Our question is, should players on worst teams get more consideration? If they're the only reason they make the playoffs, should that get them more consideration? And it should go to the most valuable player on their team, as mentioned previously. Yes, and now we're obviously going to have our discussion about it, but we want to hear what you guys have to say too. So if you know us, obviously message us, let us know. Leave it. Leave a comment down in any of our social media or on this post. Let us know what you think. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're right. You know, we never know. Yeah, it really is a uh, question. So, you know, and there's really no right answer. But we went through and we looked at it kind of analytically. So for the heart, we went for stats. So each top three player... Um, We have their first place votes and their stats, points, goals, assists. Um, And we also have their previous accolades because as you garner the attention for those awards, you're more likely to get the votes. Correct. So previous winners tend to get more attention, the spotlight on them. And we also included the team standings because we wanted to see do players on those underperforming teams get the consideration that they deserve so and really researching this i i found that you know there's not really a definite answer so let's go through this this past year 2023 um, mcdavid ran away with the heart Connor mcdavid of the oilers with 195 first place votes um in 82 games played he had a historic season with 64 goals 89 assists for 153 points. Yes. <laughs> He's the new GOAT. Just insane. Uh, that's the first time a player has scored 150 points since 95-96. So that, that tells you anything right there. Um, definitely deserves the heart, like, already. Yeah. But previously, he's a three-time Ted Lindsay Award, which is uh, – Awarded to the most valuable player as voted on by the NHLPA, which is the NHL's union. Um, He won the Rocket this year, leading with 64 goals. Previously, he's a five-time Art Ross winner. He won the Hart two times previously, and his team finished seventh overall. Yeah, I mean, his numbers, just his numbers alone speak for themselves. Like, he, he should be the clear favorite. 
clear yeah. winner. Clear, clear winner there for sure. But uh, let's go ahead and look at the second and third place. So we have the Boston Bruins, David Pasternak coming in second. Pasta, baby. So he did only get one first place vote. But in 82 games played, he had 61 goals, 52 assists for 113 points. Another great season. So that was the first time, too, we saw two 60-goal scorers yep. like in the same season yeah. in a while. So just just crazy. The, the scoring in general has been going up a lot. So makes makes hockey a lot more exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, he did win the 2020 Rocket Richard Trophy, which is awarded to the player that gets the most goals. Um, and Boston finished first overall. With the historic season, most wins in the season. Thank you very much. But <laughs> what happened in the playoffs? Yeah, you know, they got, they got, you know, knocked out first round, but it's all right. It's okay. Tampa choked harder in 2019. And they also let the Leafs break their curse, so. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I think Stamkos will be leaving. <laughs> All right, um, in third place with zero first place votes, but he did have uh, second and third place votes to get him into third. Matthew Tuchuk of the Florida Panthers. In 79 games played, he had 40 goals, 69 assists for 109 points. Um, coming in from that trade uh, with Calgary, there were a lot of questions. Um, is this guy going to be any good? Yeah, he had 100 points the last season, but is he going to do it again? Well, he did it again, and let me tell you what, to that Florida Panthers team, he is like the MVP. For sure, absolutely. And uh, Florida finished 17th overall in the standings to squeak into the playoffs. Now, obviously, like stated, McDavid like deserves the heart, no, no question. This is where the argument first came for me. Since Matthew Tuchuk, without him, I argue, the Florida Panthers would not have made it to the playoffs at all. So, like, should he have gotten more first-place votes? I would have to say no, because just because Connor McDavid had that historic season, like, he's he is the clear winner. Yeah, he... I agree 100%. Right now, with the heart, yeah, that McDavid... I don't think I'm surprised Pasta got one. So McDavid should have swept all first place votes, in my opinion. He deserves it wholeheartedly. Yeah, I do agree. But with this year, it does prove that team uh, players on you know underachieving teams do get consideration. Yes. Because Tuchuk did finish third overall in the voting. That's true. Yeah. So very, very that true. argument is is proven with the evidence there. Yeah. But uh, I did want to go back a little bit. So we went through and did the last three years just to get a good sample size. So in 2022, with the hard votes, finishing first with 119 first place votes was Austin Matthews. In 73 games played, he had 60 goals, 46 assists for 106 points. And that was the first 60-goal season we saw since Steven Stamkos in 2012. Wow. So I think right there, he, he deserves it. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. Um, he was a 2021 Rocket Richard winner, and Toronto finished fourth overall. And 
this is kind of also where the argument plays because in second we have Connor McDavid with only 29 first place votes, but he had more points than Matthews. In 80 games played, he had 44 goals, 79 assists for 123 points. And before then, he was a three-time Ted Lindsay Award winner, uh, had won the heart twice before, and up to that point, he had won four Art Ross trophies, and the Oilers finished 11th overall. So then, I mean, he had more points than Austin Matthews, but Austin Matthews got obviously got the majority of the the votes but in back in 2022 but just looking at these numbers here uh, i feel like maybe Connor mcdavid should have won the heart yeah so like that's that's the argument right so that proves that you don't need like the most amount of points to win the heart yep. because matthews had what 18 less points than uh mcdavid had and he Kind of ran away with it. I mean, you know, it wasn't that close. Really. Yeah, so. exactly. So that that's proof right there. Um, also in 2022, in third place with 24 first place votes. So it was only five votes separating second and third. Igor Shesterkin, a goaltender for the New York Rangers. In 53 games played, he had 36 wins, a 2.07 goals against average, and a save percentage of 935. He was the Vesna winner that year, and he won the Jennings. And the Rangers finished seventh overall. So it, it is really hard for a goaltender to get in the hard conversation. So he definitely deserved to be there with his uh, considered the best season of a goaltender we've seen in a while. So there you go. Uh, from those two right there, it proves like, you know, Players like Matthew Tuchuk on lesser-known teams do get consideration, and you don't necessarily have to be the most offensive, potent player to win the heart. No. So, guys, we'll have to cut it off short here for this week. We will pick this up again next week. We'll talk about baseball next week as well, uh, since we didn't get to that. So, stay tuned. Stay tuned for next week. Don't worry. Um, Please. Like I said, leave us leave comments down below and on our social media posts or talk to us directly and tell us what you think about what you've heard so so far about these, you know, the heart winners and stuff like that and get in on the discussion a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, look forward to that. We're going to be uh, closing out the baseball season and talking the World Series. Um So look forward to that. Thank you guys so much for listening again and for all the support on social media. It means a lot. Um, And we'll see you next week. Thanks for uh, listening to us today. See you next week. Like, comment, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye.